The church should be the most friendly, outgoing, warm, hospitable group of people in all the world, but that has not been all of our experiences. The longer we belong, the more difficult it is to remember what it was like before we did. It's time to go the second mile in addressing closed clicks at church. Hey, this is Travis Agnew, and thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where we seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 541, where he says, if anyone forces you to go one mile, go the second mile as well. We don't want to follow Jesus at a mediocre level. He's too wonderful to do that. So what we want to do is to go the second mile, and all the things he calls us to do is to do more than just the bare minimum. And so that's why over these last few months, we have been looking at how we are supposed to interact as a church more even, uh, I guess, closely as it relates to your small group or Sunday school class or whatever you might call it. Those small group of people, the uh, less than what in a, is in a worship service that you commit to, to know and to be known. And we've looked at some different values. And today we're going to look at what I would say is the kind of a sixth value to look at. And we're going to unpack some of the um, levels of that this week and also the next two episodes. But let me just go as a rundown of what these six values are. If I think of a really healthy small group. First one is authority, that the authority comes from God. God's word. Ultimately, that's where it comes from. Uh, we want to be able to say that we're teaching that more than a man's opinions. Uh, then we get to the second value, which is maturity. And that means that your leaders are actually mature and maturing, that they're growing. They're actually a uh, standard, a, a, an example of which you do want to aspire to be. The third value is authenticity, that in a group, it should be safe to be real about what's successful and what's struggling and everything within uh, that level. Uh, and the fourth value is accountability, is that for a group to really grow, there needs to be some level of us checking in on each other to for those promises that we've made before the Lord that we come alongside and help. The fifth value is availability, which means that even beyond the class time that's on the calendar, that when life hits, you are available to be able to minister and encourage and pray for one another. And now we come to the sixth value, which I think is so very necessary for every group, but is also the most disregarded and neglected, I think, out of all of them. And that is the value of reproducibility. Um, We need the ability to be able to multiply, as the Great Commission says, to be able to go and make the disciples who, and then in turn, what throughout scripture says is that they will go make disciples that go and make disciples and it continues to happen. But we can't reproduce new groups if we get too safe and too comfortable. And especially if we have kind of a country club mentality where we don't let certain people in. This is the thing that's hindering so many ministries, so many churches, and we've got to address these closed clicks at church. So to address closed clicks at church, and click is obviously those groups of people that's like, you know what, it's it's only these folks get in. We don't, we don't take outsiders. We don't take newcomers in, right? There's a certain amount of people that are allowed in, and then after that, if you're not in the club, you're just not in the club, right? Uh, we see this with, with young kids. In fact, sometimes when I've been talking with my children about how sometimes they can be in certain situations and they just get the vibe that, you know what, you're not welcome here. We have a group of friends, and we don't want anyone else there, and I can remember that as a kid as well. 
And that doesn't go away. And unfortunately, what happens is that when that takes place within the church, that there's kind of a, sure, everybody can come, but they can only come in so close. And uh, we want to sort of keep people at somewhat of a distance, and that is what is so very dangerous. So if we think about the difference between first-mile believers and second-mile believers, first-mile, just doing the bare minimum, would say, okay, we permit new folk, uh, folks in our church, right? We, we permit them. They're completely welcome here, and we're, we're glad that you're here because you boost our numbers up, right? But there's a difference in permitting new folks and what second-milers are doing, that's actually pursuing the new people, right? They're actually saying, no, I want to um, engage with this person, get to know them, and help them on their own discipleship journey. So there's a difference in permitting people into your church and actually pursuing them in the context of relationships once they get there. And so I, I can remember years ago, my wife had invited someone to church. She had gotten to know this lady in the community. Uh, a lot of troubles, a lot of stuff going on with her, uh, just emotions and family and just her habits and all kinds of things. And so my wife really spent some time encouraging her and pointing her to truth and said, hey, you know, you're more than welcome. We'd love for you to come worship with us on one Sunday or something. And, and so she didn't know if she ever would. Well, she did show up one day to church, but she showed up. She was driving by our church camp campus and uh, she it was actually a Wednesday and there were some cars in their church uh, but it wasn't a Sunday morning when their worship service was but she went straight to the doors of the sanctuary well there wasn't a service happening there there was band practice happening in there at that time and well the doors were locked on the outside because not people were coming in and out but so she could hear music she could see cars and she came to the door and she starts pulling on the doors like frantically and and she tells the story later and I can just only imagine I, I almost wanted to go back and see the security camera footage right of this because she starts pulling on the door just frantically and starts pounding on it. Well, nobody can hear. The doors are locked. Band practice going on inside. And she said that she starts beating on the door. And she's like, even God doesn't want me. And I just thought how horrible of a of feeling she must have had at this point where she felt like she was being uh, pushed aside by so many different people. And now even God in the church had closed the doors and she's not welcome in. Now, when we explain it to her later. She was all good and we could help walk with her through it. But, you know, that may or may not ever happen to you physically, but there's a lot of us that have felt that emotionally, that you walk to church, you walk to what's supposed to be the safest place to point you to God, to people who are open, to people who are accepting, to people who are loving, and maybe the physical doors are open and you can pull them open and walk inside. But when you walk in and you start engaging with the people, there's a different set of doors that are shut. And it's obvious in expressions and the way that people are interacting with you and the excitement in which they're doing and, and kind of if they invite you in or invite you to sit or invite you, it's kind of this mentality. Yeah, maybe the doors are open, but there's another set of doors that are actually closed. And there are many people I feel like that have had that experience at church where you feel like, you know what, I'm not a part of the in crowd here. And, and why is that? Why, why does that take place? And I think it can be so, so horrible. But I think somehow we do get used to that we get sort of comfortable that uh, we know the people in the church and we get used to these relationships. And uh, when new people show up, sometimes we get territorial. Sometimes we get kind of defensive and don't want to lose what we have or we've been blessed with through the years. And so therefore, it's almost like, you know what, there's only so many seats here at this table and you're just not welcome. Now, no one's going to say it outright, uh, but the, the vibe is there. there. There's not this pursuit of here comes someone. And so what happens in the context of your church or in the context of your small group where someone comes in and you've gotten used to this group of people and now all of a sudden a new person comes in, how do you make sure that you open up the doors and open up your lives so that that person can benefit from what you've already been blessed by?
So with these closed clicks at church, I think that every single person here, we, we probably all have a lot of different stories, but religious clicks have damaged many people's spiritual conditions because um, unfortunately, uh, when Christian people uh, interact with others, a lot of times that does say something about their God. And so if Christian folk uh, and church people are very closed-doored, um, kind of uh, arms crossed, hey, you're not welcome here, a lot of people will think that well, if they think that way, then maybe their God does as well. And so religious cliques not allowing people in have a, a big deal. And, and, and here's the reason why this is so important, especially as it comes down to the reproducibility of a small group is that at some level, you need to be able to have doors open for newcomers to feel like they're a part of the church. But if your roster is at about 63 people in your small group, then uh, and you say, we don't have any room for any more. Well, at some point, somebody out of those 63 people in the roster, uh, which, by the way, 42 of them don't regularly come, but they have to be still on the roster. If you look at, say, we, we have this many people, we really don't have room for anyone else. Well, where are those people going to find? And so there has to be this, this constant mentality. You're always thinking about the open chair, uh, the, the open door. Who is it that's not here yet that we need to make room? Room for and how do we make room for them? Well, we have to start multiplying groups. We have to reproduce them, and so that whether it once was one group, that there needs to be two, and then eventually those two groups turn into four. And this seems very simple, but a lot of times we just miss it. And why is that? Well, we don't want new people in because we're closed off to them. Uh, and why are we closed off? Well, unfortunately, sometimes we have higher standards than God. We kind of have a relationship set, and we kind of have extra things. Uh, in the letter to Galatians uh, that um, Paul wrote out, he says in uh, chapter two, verse eleven, he says, "When Cephas came to." Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the, the circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, and it goes on, he talks about his confrontation there, and you say, why do you bring that up? Because, he says, here was Peter at a point in his life that he had seen God do something big, but when he got around another certain group of people, he backed away from his biblical convictions and gave in to peer pressure. And you go, Peter, he's a grown man. He's a gruff man. Like, how in the world does this happen? It happens everywhere that you can know what God's Word says, that you need to have open doors, open arms kind of mentality, that when people come busted and broken into your church, that you want to say, hey, it's welcome. But then all of a sudden, the peer pressure comes in when other people go, well, we don't know their story. We don't know what kind of they're living through. You know, we're kind of full right now. Don't really have a lot of space. Just starting to make some momentum with our group. And what takes place? People who are dying for Christian community and need some people to come alongside them as friends and disciple makers. They never get that. Why is that? Because we got close clicks. We have this kind of peer pressure that happens. And you know what? We've got our group and we just don't have room for any more. I don't know where your church is. I don't know what your group situation is like. But have you ever thought that maybe there are people somewhere in your community that need to experience what you've had for the last three decades of your life or so? Like maybe you've been walking with the Lord for a long time and you've benefited so much from those relationships. Have you ever thought someone else might come along that actually needs that? 
Well, how are they ever going to have the margin and context and the ability to grow those relationships unless someone starts making room for them? Unless someone starts splitting and multiplying groups, there's empty chairs and and extra opportunities. And if we're just closed-minded and sort of allowing people to have closed doors to the church, we're going to miss the opportunity to disciple those who come our way. There are many people who need to experience what you already have. Will you be willing to help them? I hope to see you on the second mile.